0: If you have your Bibles, would you open them, please, to the book of Psalms, Psalms chapter twenty-three, world-famous Psalm, Psalm chapter twenty-three, and if you'd be so kind, if you have a cell phone, to put it in your purse or put it in your pocket, let's not be distracted and looking at that. Uh, and uh, here we are. And I know some of you use it for your Bible now, so that's that's not what I'm talking about. I'm just anyway, you know what I'm saying. So Psalm chapter twenty-three. Psalm chapter 23. Good news, we had 11 first time riders on the church buses today, and so that was exciting. Uh, Psalm 23, and I'll read aloud, and some of you have got this chapter perhaps memorized. Uh, there's no chapter like this in the book of Psalms. Oftentimes, it's read at funerals, uh, it's probably the most memorized verse. The first phrase of any other verse in the whole Bible. And a lot of times people start quoting it when they're in dangerous places or when death has happened and you'll hear it. And so let's just read together. I'll read out loud if you'd like to follow me. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Uh, It's a lot of of stuff in that chapter. And there's something for all of us, no matter what age you are, this is not just a funeral psalm, it's a living psalm for life. Let's pray. Father, bless now the reading of this rich, sweet, deep, meaningful psalm out of your heart. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. The book of Psalms is a song book. It was the uh, Jews' song book that they used in worship. They didn't have hymn books. They had psalms. And so many of these had a tune to them they play the musical instruments and sing these. And different times of the year they would sing these psalms. We believe that God used David to write this psalm. And the history of it is at a very deep time in his life. He had a son that went wayward. Not only did he go wayward, but the son got bitter at David and decided to kill his own father. And David, from the history of this, is perhaps fleeing a fight with his own blood son who wants to kill his father. Yet, in the midst of that, God has these wonderful promises coming into David's heart. David was called the sweet psalmist of Israel. He is called the man after God's own heart. So we're reading about the heart of God from a man who had a heart for God. It's a great, great chapter. We could could spend years on this one chapter. There was a conference, a Christian conference, and there was a man that knew all the Hebrew and all the Greek and all the background, all these doctor's degrees. And they asked him to stand up and quote the 23rd Psalm. And he stood up he started, the Lord is my shepherd. and He pronounced every word exactly right. People cheered. Later on in the conference, they asked an the old veteran preacher, an old man. They said, would you stand and quote the 23rd Psalm? As he stood up to quote that Psalm, people began weeping. The first man knew the Psalm. The second man knew the shepherd. And it makes a difference. So we see just a little bit here. Verses 1 through 3. A little of the background is outward. As you read it, he says, the Lord is my shepherd. It's like he's telling somebody this. I shall not want. He leadeth me. He and me. And you'll hear those words repeated. He, me, he, me, my, he, me, my, his. It's all about God and David. That's what Christianity is. Christianity is not a bunch of rules you have to keep. Christianity is a relationship between the sheep and a shepherd. David said, excuse me, the song, uh, excuse me, in the book of Isaiah, it says, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. There's comparisons in Scripture... To help us understand God better. And one of them is this. He's the shepherd. We're the sheep. You say, how come? Amen. Because we're bad. <laughs> and he wants us back. Some of you say, I got dressed up for this. I'm sorry about that. Just, And so it's a relationship. David, someone said it's two sheep talking. And they're grazing, and one sheep looks at the other and says, The Lord is my shepherd, who's yours? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I won't lack. It's not two sheep talking, but it's someone that knows the shepherd of his soul. Notice just a few pictures here about sheep, and we'll talk a little bit about them. And you're not gonna like some of this, but here you go. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. Why does God compare his people, his children, to sheep? Number one reason is this they're dumb. They are dumb. When God gave out brains to animals, he didn't scoop a lot into the sheep. Dolphins, yes. Dogs, maybe. Cats, all right. Uh, Goldfish, not so much. Uh, Sheep, no. They're dumb. They will walk and graze and fall off a cliff. They'll just keep walking and walk right off the cliff. If they were a pirate, they'd walk the plank. I mean, they just walk right over the edge. They get lost. They do not have a compass in their brain where they know where they've been. They wander. And that's why we have that hymn. Prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. We're prone to wonder, aren't we? It just doesn't take much, and pretty soon man, I used to be close to God, and I've kind of wandered afar away from God. And so that's that sheep, they're dumb. They're dumb. OK. Uh, number next. We see this. Here. Here's the sheep. Not only that, but just by way of introduction, they're defenseless. They're defenseless. Most animals can run away from an enemy. Deer can run. A skunk can spray. A porcupine's got those needles. They have some type of defense. Sheep have none. Sheep are just the menu item for hungry animals. They're just on the menu. They, when's the last time you heard, Wow sheep scares school. <laughs> wow sheep kills family. It, it just doesn't happen. Uh, they're, uh, they're, uh, they're dumb. They're defenseless. That's why they need a shepherd. You never hear of herds of sheep raising themselves. They have to have a shepherd to take care of them, to feed them, to watch out for them, to protect them, to love them, to help them find water, to help birth the lambs. They have to have somebody. And that's why Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd. We cannot make it in life without Jesus Christ. He's our shepherd. But another introductory remark, here it is too. They're dirty. Sheep are dirty. Now, they may not look dirty. That one doesn't look dirty, but they don't clean themselves. You'll see a cat licking itself. Sheep can't clean themselves. They're like a pig. When a pig gets dirty, he's dirty. You say, well, how do they get clean? They shear the wool off of them. They may bathe them. They cannot clean themselves. Does that sound a little bit like a Baptist? (laughs) We We are attracted to mud puddles. That's why he says, confess your sins and I'll cleanse you. Why? When we sin, we feel dirty. Our mind feels dirty. Our soul feels dirty. And something's not right till we get right with the Lord. And he cleanses us. And the blood of Jesus Christ shall cleanse us from all of our sin. Sheep are naturally dirty. Now, you take a pig and you clean him up and turn him loose. He's going right back to the hog pen, right back to the mud puddle. It's his nature. We as Christians, when we get saved, God cleanses our spirit and our soul. We get dirty, but we don't like it. It's our nature. We're going to sin. We're going to mess up, but our spirit and soul says, Man, I shouldn't have done that. Man, I feel so bad about this. Our nature has changed. Here's another one. I think we have another picture quickly. And this isn't the whole sermon, so don't feel like all he did was show pictures. Next, they're dependent. They're dependent. They have to be cared for. They cannot make it on their own. Number next, they get devoured. Now we're not going to show the video of the lion eating the lamb. I just thought that was too much. Do we have another picture? Okay, here it is. But the lions and the wolves love to devour sheep like that one right there. Sheep are so dumb they can be grazing in the field and they look over and they see a sheep. Then they look over and they see a wolf and say, have a good day. And they keep eating just for a little while. They get devoured. And that's why throughout scripture, God says in the New Testament, beware. He said, there'll be wolves come in from the outside. False teachers, false doctrine to devour. Satan is like a roaring lion seeking Whom he may devour. Every day he's looking, he's watching. Are they close to the shepherd? Have they strayed away? Are they in danger? Could I grab him and make it back to the woods? They're looking. Satan would love to devour families in our church. He would love to devour our young people in this church. He would love to devour you new Christians who've just accepted Christ as as early as last Friday night. He just wants to devour you and waste your life. I'm glad we have a shepherd. We have a good shepherd. We'll talk about that in just a second. Not only that, but this too, destructive. The sheep are destructive. Is there any more or is that about it? Okay, they're destructive. What's that mean? Sometimes they'll eat things they're not supposed to eat. They'll eat poison. They'll eat things that make them sick, kind of like us. Sometimes we just don't know the limit of what we're supposed to be doing. Thank you, Paul. Thank you for those pictures. I love them. We'll sell those right after the service. There's a whole set, and I'll pose with two of the sheep. And uh, no, I'm just kidding. Luke 15, famous chapter. Said a shepherd had a hundred sheep, and he lost one of them. Was lost. Said he left the how many? 90 and 9 went looking for that one sheep. You know who's on God's attention right now? The lost sheep. Amen. If you're here today and you do not know Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you're not 100% sure you're saved and going to heaven, you're the lost sheep. Maybe you're lost because of ignorance. Maybe you're lost because of rebellion. Perhaps you're lost because you followed another lost sheep out of the fold. Doesn't matter. He's looking for you. And throughout Scripture, Jesus was looking for the lost sheep. He came to a tree and said, Zacchaeus, I've been looking for you, man. Peter, James, John, follow me. He was looking for them. And guess when he stops looking? He never does. It says until he found it. Don't hide from him. Don't run from him. Let him find you. And you'll be glad about that. There's no place like the fold of God. There's no place like his sheepfold. There's no shepherd like our shepherd. I want to talk about these verses for a moment. Let's just look at them just quickly. And uh, we don't have a whole lot of time here. Uh, some of these, uh, talking about that, uh, that verse, um, oh, where is it? oh, we'll get to it. But look in verse 1 just for a moment. It says, the Lord, and you could say the Savior, and I like this, is my shepherd. That's the most important verse of that whole chapter. He's mine. So, when He's yours, that means you're His, yours, you are His as well. We have a no so salvation. That's what he's talking about. The Lord is. I know it. It's confident. I know I'm saved. I'm His sheep. He's my shepherd. That's a wonderful thing. Uh, people sometimes say, do uh, uh, people believe in once saved, always saved? Oh yes, it's eternal life. You didn't do anything to get saved. You don't have to do anything to keep yourself saved. John three sixteen shall have everlasting life. You didn't buy it, you can't lose it. It's not yours. It's his salvation. You receive it, it's for keeps. You behave, he pats you on the back. You misbehave, he pats you a little bit lower. But he's, you're still his. Okay. Daylight savings time. Don't preach on sheep anymore. Okay. He's my shepherd. I know it. You know, this gives us an excitement. Some of you that have been married at some time, when you, when you started setting the date, started looking forward to the wedding day, it's, it's plans and there's an excitement. There's an excitement. You're playing a big trip. Man, there's an excitement about it. Guess what? When you become God's sheep, you're going to spend eternity with Him. There's an excitement your whole life. I'm going to see Him one day. I'm going to live with Him one day. There's and I know it. I don't hope, I don't think, I know it. But notice what he says, I shall not want. That's contentment. Because the Lord is my shepherd, he's going to give me all the needs that I have. Time out. He said, well, he had not given me all what I need. No, no, no. I didn't say want. That's spelled differently. N-E-E-D is spelled different than W-A-N-T. Want, need. He says, I shall not want. David says, God's going to give me what I need. That's called contentment. Contentment. Contentment means I'm living a life where I already have all I need for my present happiness. You have a lot of people in America, if I just had this, I would be happy. If I could just marry this person, I'd be happy. If I just had this, if I possessed this, and and their hand is just, they're, they're never happy. David says, I got all that I need. Life is a bonus. God has saved me. Anything above that is just extra. That's verse 1. Quickly, verse 2. Notice the Lord at my shepherd. Notice how personal. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. God's concerned about me getting some rest physically and for my mind. I love this part. He leadeth me. Pastor, what am I supposed to do after high school? Hey, just get close to your shepherd. He'll lead you. Am I supposed to marry this person, this person, or this person? I got three people who's proposed. (laughs) Okay. Who do I marry? What college do I go to? What about my future? What should I do? Should I invest in this? Should I buy this? He says, he'll lead you. You don't have to know everything. He will lead his sheep. Boy, I love that right there. Ask Him. Number number three, uh, the third verse. It says, He restoreth my soul. Your soul is your heart, mind, and will. Your emotions, if you will. Your decisions. Are we not sometimes all over the place? You ever been there? You've gone through something and man, you're like in this whirlwind and I don't know what to do. He says, He will restore my soul. He'll put it back where it ought to be. We got a great shepherd Let's keep going. He restores my soul. He'll lead me in the path of righteousness. So, Pastor, how hard is it to follow Jesus as you're separate? Here you go. You ready? One step at a time. Just one step at a time. Pastor, what should I? Just just one step. We got here 38 years ago, 37 and a half years ago. It's just one step at a time. We didn't see these buildings. We didn't see all these people. We didn't see these different things here. It was just a step. And then pretty soon, like the song they sing, you look back and say, what a wonderful path he led me on. It's just a step. You don't have to know the future. Just your next step. Number next. Look down, please, in verse 4. Now it all changes. The person is talking about he and me. He's talking to somebody. Now in verse 4 to 6, now he's talking to the shepherd. Notice, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, look at this, for thou, now he's talking to him. For thou art with me. You say, pastor, what do you mean the valley of the shadow of death? What was he talking about there? Israel is made of mountains and valleys. Just like here in the valley, when the sun sets, guess what gets darker the quickest? The valley. Starts getting dark in the valley. Guess what's in the valley when you're a sheep? There's wolves looking behind rocks. There's mountain lions. There's bears. There's enemies. There's things to devour. There's sounds. It's dark. It's spooky. He says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. How come? For thou art with me. There it is right there. I I, I just love that. So here's these terrible things. We'll get back to this. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. What was the rod? What was the staff? The rod was simply a small baseball bat for sending animals to heaven like bears, lions, Mountain lions, wolves. The staff was a longer pole that had a hook for helping the lost sheep that had fallen off a cliff. So he had a rod and a staff. I'm going to take care of anything that tries to hurt you. So the sheep says, I am comforted because my shepherd, he's equipped. He can handle it. And I just want to let you know right now though the world is topsy turvy, though our country has gone bonkers. Though you can't listen to the news without saying, did they let this person out of an asylum or something? I mean, who is this commentator? Uh, What are they drinking? And you're looking at all these craziness. You can still look up and say, my shepherd's in charge. I am safe. I'm secure. I'm one of his sheep. I'm just going to follow him, and he'll take care of me. He'll handle business. You'll be safe. You'll be fine. Then he says... Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of my enemies. You fed me. You anoint my head with oil. Now quickly. Let's look at the four negatives here. I'm looking at my, my time right here. And I've got about seven minutes. The four negatives mentioned in the 23rd Psalm. Here it is. Verse 4. First 1, the valley. Yea, though I walk through the valley. Whoever told us when you become a Christian, there's no more valleys, lied to us. You get saved, you still have valleys. You may have as many valleys as an unsaved person. There's gonna be valleys. There's gonna be the mountaintops where you're shouting and praising God. There's gonna be the valleys where you put your hands and your uh, uh, your face in your hands and can't stop weeping. And the why question is gonna come. There's gonna be valleys. It's gonna be dark time. We all have them. When you're a child, you just think. Man, it's just mountain It's Christmas to Easter to birthday to Halloween. Man, it's just holiday, mountaintop fun times. Then you get married and you have kids and you get a job and there's bills and there's car wrecks and there's there's doctor's visits. And the older you get, the more you say goodbye to people you loved. Because they don't live to be 200. There's valleys. Here's the second negative. He says, I will fear no evil. Not only are there valleys, but he, he said, expect some evil. There's going to be some people do you bad. There's going to be someone that would love to retire on your money and not let you retire on your money. There's going to be someone figuratively who's got their hand on your wallet in your back pocket be glad to take advantage of you. There's someone be glad to sue you for something trivial and take away everything you have. Someone glad to trash your name to everyone you've tried to build it up in front of. And there's going to be evil. He said, hey, just expect, don't be shy. I can't believe this has happened to me. What's happened to a lot of other people. There's going to be some evil. Expect it. Job looked at his wife and he said, now we buried these 10 kids. What do you mean? Did you expect there would be good at the hand of God and no evil? You really expect that our whole life would be good, 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 and nothing would ever go wrong. Did you really expect that? Job said, The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He said, There'll be valleys. He said, number two, there'll be evil. Now, I don't like this one. Verse 5. They'll prepare us a table before me in the presence of my enemies. David said, Hey, you sheep, you're going to have some enemies. I'm sure the sheep would look around and say, We've never hurt anybody. (laughs) I know, but the wolves want to hurt you, and the bears want to hurt you, and the mountain lions want to kill you. There's going to be enemies. You're going to have some people who are bent on hurting you, they're just bent. And you say, what in the world? Why don't they like me? I don't get it. Sometimes it's just the devil in them that hates the Jesus in you and, and you. They, and they won't leave you alone. Years ago, we had a neighbor. And I'll tell this quickly because I love telling it. We had a neighbor that moved next door to the church over here on this lane. And I'm kind of turned around a little bit. Yeah, just right over here. The church had been here for over 30 years. He moved next door to the church and didn't realize the church was here. He really, really checked it out before he sunk all that money. Well, we had church Sunday night, church Wednesday night. Back then, soul winning on Thursday night. Kids would be outside playing, We'd have nursery. We'd have activities. We'd do stuff in the parking lot. We had a little merry-go-round out there. And all of a sudden, he starts calling the police. Saying, they're disturbing the peace. Said, Hopewell Baptist. And it wasn't after hours. We never did anything outside past 2 (laughs) a.m. I mean, it'd just be dark. It'd be 8 o'clock. He was mad as a hornet. He called 35 times in one month. He started standing on the edge of his property holding up one of his fingers at our members. I think it was the number of his IQ. (laughs) One. He tried to provoke He came on our property and tried to video people saying, you were here after hours. You were disturbing the peace. I still remember Brother Butch Miller. Butch Miller fans, help me. All right. He was with me, hadn't been saved very long. We pulled into the parking lot, and there's that neighbor making an obscene gesture at me and Brother Butch. Brother Butch said, pull over, Pastor. Butch jumps out. He said, (laughs) he said... You're the pastor, but I'm gonna whip his beep 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 and there were some beeps there. He wasn't he wasn't sanctified yet. He ran up to that door, he chased that man in his house. The guy closed the door. He said, Hey, I'm not as holy as the pastor is, but I'm gonna kick your beep. (laughs) Pastor, what'd you do? I cheered him on. Go, Butch, go, go. (laughs) It wouldn't look as bad if he was in the we're front pays for whipping the neighbor. I get a phone call from the district attorney, the DA, and the police chief. We would like to have a meeting with you, Pastor, and the neighbor. I said, What? He has called us so many times. We're tired of this. We can't be sending all our patrol cars just because y'all have a dispute. I said, I don't have a dispute. Well, we'll meet, I will never forget it the police chief looked at me and looked at the neighbor and said, I'm going to throw both of you guys in jail if you guys don't get along. I said, hey, I'm the good guy. I said, I'm not calling the cop." He said, I need mean, it. If I get one more call, I'm putting both of you guys in jail. Whew, where'd that come from? I don't know. It's just a cool story. Just thought I'd throw it right there. But sometimes there's going to be someone who is just bent. And they're not going to like how you look. They're not going to like how your kids look. They're not going to like your name. They're not going to like how you act. They're not going to like where you live. They're not going to like what you drive. They like nothing about you. It's going to be times of enemies. Sometimes, sad to say, they used to have your last name. Oftentimes, I look at people in court and say, Are you really the same couple? That I did the wedding for? Really? Things change. He said, there'll be valleys. He says, there'll be evil. There'll be enemies. And I don't like this one either. He said, they will be hurt. He said, thou anointest my head with oil. Why oil? Because sheep oft times would butt each other in little fights. Sometimes they would have sores on their head, get diseased. Flies would make it so they couldn't sleep. Sores. And that oil, which represents the Holy Spirit and God's Word, would heal that hurt. We have a shepherd that wants to heal our hurts. And I'm not just talking about a broken leg and a hip replacement. I'm talking about broken hearts. Her unseen hurts that are deeper than all the other hurts. Rejection. Abuse. Pain, fears, all these things. He wants to heal that hurt. That's our shepherd. Why? He sees every sheep. He sees the lost, wants them back in the fold. He sees the one that's in danger and says, I can handle this, I'll take care of you. He sees the one that has enemies, he keeps his eyes on the enemies. He sees the one that's diseased and hurting. He says, I got just what you need, this oil. And that's why church is so important. God pours his oil on the herding sheep every Sunday morning, every Sunday night. He's trying to heal us. You say, well, pastor, your time's up. Yes, it is. The last verse. Here's what he's saying. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. David says, look what I'm going to do. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So, pastor, what's the difference? What's the difference in someone that's God's sheep? Is that plural or singular? One, one sheep is a sheep. Two sheeps is how many sheeps? Two, sheeps. Two sheep. Get out of here, brother. You do. That's not true. Don't get him to add. And so... So what's the difference, pastor? Why is it so great to be a Christian? Be a child of God. Be one of His sheep. Here's why. Whether you're saved or lost, you're going to go through those same things. If you're a Christian or not, you're going to have valleys. You're going to have hurts. You're going to have enemies. You're going to have dark times. low Low spots in your life. But here's the difference. He said, For I am with thee. I am with thee. Lost people have to go through all their trials alone. That's why they're self-medicating. That's why they're getting drunk. That's why they're getting high. That's why they're doing all these things. They're trying all these thrills and frills and all the money and all the fame to try to somehow get through that stuff. But our shepherd says, I'm with you. I will never leave thee. I will never forsake you. We're going through this together. Your shepherd never leaves you. Shepherd never takes his eyes off of you. He never stops thinking about you. He stays up all night long while you're sleeping. He never sleeps. He loves you. And then second, here's what he said. I'm going to take you to my house once the journey's over. He said, David says, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Here's the win-win. We get to dwell in his house here, church. Then one day he's going to turn it to that house up there. My father's house or many mansions, if it were not so, I would have told you. And one day, Revelation 22, the new Jerusalem, the city, the houses he's been building will come down to the earth, will inhabit that brand new city. No one's ever lived in it. It's going to be a wonderful thing. Let me encourage you sheep, get back to the Lord. Have you strayed? Get back. He's looking for you. You're hurting? Stay still long enough for him to pour some oil on you. Whatever the need, we have a great shepherd. He's the best. He's the best.